Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you were a kid, did you want to be an astronaut? A crossing guard? Sometimes our dreams feel a little all over the place, but we're not alone. In fact, McDonald's created an education platform, APA Next, with all the resources Asian Pacific American students like us need to navigate the next steps, or even figure out what they are. With streaming workshops on college admissions and more, a lot of the work is done for us. Come take a look at apanext.com and decide what's next for you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is a proud production of ITM Media. And finally, the 2021 Formula One season is over. I guess maybe kind of, I don't know if Mercedes somehow wins some kind of appeal, if they bring lawyers into it, but you know, that's, you know, that's for a couple of days down the road as we record here on the lawyers into it. Yeah. There's, Oh my There are talks of lawyers and everything (laughs) being brought in, but first and (laughs) foremost, welcome to another edition of rambling about racing. I am one third of your hosts. Preston Lude sitting across from me is Matt Beamer and in spirit Charlie Herkus, who is not here yet, but he's hopefully, getting closer. Yeah, well, he graduates this week, and yeah. hopefully he could be on for our end of the season Christmas special that we do every year and wrap up the season getting ready for the 2022 season, which will come in February. But glad you're here with us, Preston. Final episode here in the ITM Media Studio. Yeah, we got a big one. Because here here wednesday we're closing on the new house and we're moving into the new house so if you happen to find yourself in the somerville area say wednesday around noon by by all means hit me up and uh, help us move in because <laughs> we're going from the upstairs bedroom into the garage caroline's giving me the whole garage to make into a podcast studio man cave so it's going to be tools power tools and podcasting there it's going to be interesting it's going to be fun yeah, interesting and fun, which probably sounds like 
our episode for this week because we got the guys from Blind Spotting yeah, NASCAR do, podcast do. coming on as well. We do to have them coming bit. on talking about a little bit about their show, yeah. where they how they started and some of their memories they've had throughout the time there. Maybe talk a little Formula One there while we're at it. But man, I'm, I'm glad everybody's with us whether, on your regular podcast platform, Belly Up Sports Podcasting, and the Unhinged Sports Network as always. How you doing, Preston? First and foremost, how you doing, buddy? I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad the surgery went well. And we gave a little update last week on how you're doing, but how how are you feeling? I'm feeling well, just tired a lot, very tired. And I'm assuming that the tiredness will probably carry over for another few weeks, probably. Right. I get a lot of, um, you know, people ask me, do I feel a difference? Not really. I don't really. I got so used to having an irregular heart rhythm that you just kind of phase it out. You get, you know, with any kind of thing that starts to happen in your life, you start to just get used to it, and then you're just like, oh, you know, I kind of forgot all about it. That's how it was for me. I just kind of, like, at the point I was just like, I don't really know if it's happening or not. Right. That's how I used to it. So people ask me that, and I'm like, ah, I don't really, I can't really tell the difference. I just feel tired. And so it'll probably be a, a couple more weeks until I, I guess my heart okay. completely heals. I don't really know. I mean, they went through both of my legs. Yeah, they went through the femoral mul- arteries, right? Yeah, I had multiple incisions. I had like three on one leg and wow. two on the other. So Jeez. it was, yeah. I'm was, glad you're okay, man. I felt like I got WWE body slammed a lot in that that in that surgery room. They probably came off the top ropes with the flying elbow to the chest. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So what was funny was, I, I'll tell you this real quick. As I'm being wheeled back there, you know, I get in there and like, I've never been inside of a surgery room this big before, but it was huge. It was massive. Okay. Lights everywhere. You know, you, you feel like you're on some kind of a spaceship. Okay. And there's multiple people around. And I, like they wheel me in and I'm you know, I'm laying flat and they move me over to the table. The table's cold. It's like, oh my gosh. Well these heaters popped out uh, from under the table. And so I had blankets on top of me, but the heaters were coming up from under the blankets. Oh, nice. And oh man, it felt great. And like I see these people on the other side of this big glass pane and they're like at all these computers. There's like so there's like ten people in the room here and then there's like another ten people on the other you side. You were of this literally class. like a Formula One driver. Yeah. And people I, were feeding people you information. Were, yeah, people just every people everywhere. And I was just wow. like, Wow, I've never seen this many people in one room before what, to operate. What, what is it, like a student? Like thing? No, I I, I think it was just mu- other doctors or something. They were just on these computers that you could see through the glass. Oh wow. Yeah, it was really awkward and so like <laughs> they gave me they gave me a non-rebreather mask. Yeah. And they put it on. They're like, this is just extra oxygen. And I should have seen the writing on the wall right there that that wasn't extra oxygen. Oh, that was the anesthesia yeah, or whatever? Yeah, so like a cu- after a couple of you know inhales, and I'm like, oh, this is not... And then I'm waking up. I'm like, oh, that's why. And it was over. <laughs> it was over. Three hours later, it was over. And so you I, just went to bed and woke up. Yeah, I just woke up, and legs were hurting, and they were like, yeah, you just have to lay, lie flat for two hours and then we can sit you up for another two hours and then you might be able to go home today slowly okay yeah Yeah. so just making sure because what they had um done was in one of my legs they had inserted this like it's almost kind of like a um a blockage stitching i can't remember what is a facade or something like that facade it starts with a v like inserted, is starts with an F. Why do you say whatever? no, no, no? I, it it starts with a V. I don't know why I wanted to say facade because that's what it kind of looked like. But they insert it into your leg, and it's supposed to over time disintegrate inside of your leg. So, like you know, once it stops the blood, you know, right? Okay, it stops up. Yeah. So it's I'm I'm supposed to carry around like a pamphlet for like a month. So if I go to any doctor's visits, I'm supposed to show them that yeah, I have something in my leg at the moment. Okay, 
But after a month, it's supposed to go away. But yeah, it's interesting. I could, I can still kind of feel it, which is weird. Right. Like I'll run my hand down there. I'm like, whoa, that that doesn't feel right. It's okay. kind of freaky. But yeah, other than that, that was the, that was the funny part about it was when I got wheeled in there, and I was just like, I've never seen so many people in here, and that was it. I was I was out. Okay. So that was that was it. So other than that, I mean, you know, I just I've been taking it easy. I wasn't Good. allowed to walk up any kind of stairs. For the first week, I couldn't lift anything over a gallon of milk, which was really awkward. Because, over a gallon of milk? Yeah. I wow. couldn't lift anything heavier than for a gallon of milk for seven days, so, which is awkward because for someone like me, I, I do anything. I don't like for people to do things for me, like if they're yeah. around. I, I like to do things on my own, so it's kind of weird to ask people, hey, can you get me something to drink because I can't lift that. I'm not supposed to lift that. <laughs> it's just so weird. I don't like doing that, but it was... Those the rules they had to follow, so. Right, well, I'm glad you're okay, man. I'm glad you're okay here. And, and we're going to be talking about Formula One. I know. I'm so, my heart rate's probably going to, like, skyrocket. Because holy cow. The, but the, I, I have to start off with this. This was the best clip of the weekend. This was the best soundbite that we have. And now we're going to use it here in Dramlin about racing throughout the entirety of, I say, our existence here on planet Earth. This is going to be the best sound clip we ever have. No, Mike. No, no, Mike. That was so not. I, I love <laughs> I love the fact that I bashed Total Wolf so much and then hearing him go, No, Mikey, no, that was so not right. I mean, you what could an not, interesting you couldn't yeah. have played it out better. No, you could have written a, a so, better script. So you you watched the race just like I watched the race and I, I watched it after church and everything. So I, I was I got home maybe about ten thirty, eleven o'clock. That's when I hit play on the D V R. Okay. I had my Apple Watch off. I had my phone at home. Didn't even want to see anything. I didn't want to see you go. Did you watch the race? Or uh, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I, I kept really my phone on. I, right I kept away. my phone on silent and put it to the side. <laughs> the start of the race was interesting. We'll talk yes. about that real quick. Verstappen on the pole, Hamilton in second, just like you wanted to see. First lap, Hamilton got away better. Verstappen made a run, and Hamilton went off the track. Now, let's talk about that real quick. Okay. Yeah, we can. Because <clears throat> what I saw, and I'm sure what you saw as, as well, was that Hamilton left him left some space open for Verstappen. Correct. Verstappen dove in there. He did. He, he saw the door opening. He, he kicked it open, and he wanted to take that spot from him because whoever's out front has the obvious advantage in any Formula 1 race. Well, he didn't really stick it, but he was within track limits. Correct. Hamilton, in order to, quote, avoid Verstappen, veered off straight, hit the gas, and was gone. Yes. Now, you saw the same thing I saw. Mm -hmm. I know everybody else in the world who watched the Formula One race saw the same thing we saw. Now, of course, if you look at it from the shoes of a Lewis Hamilton fan of Mercedes, you're going to say he avoided it, and he didn't gain anything. Well, it looked like he gained like a good second and a half on him. Just based on him going, cutting that corner... You know, taking the escape road off, but Verstappen staying within the track limits because it was a left, right, and in the back stretch. Yes. Hamilton just said left abort straight into straight the on. straight onto the stretch. Into the sunset. Now, me, like everybody else, I'm sure that wasn't a Lewis Hamilton fan or Mercedes fan said he needs to give that back. Mm-hmm. He lost that position and bailed out. Stewart said no. We're not going to do that. I said, okay. Now, now, first, before we move on, let's get your reaction to that. Okay, yeah. So, <clears throat> before I go any further, I'm going to let 
the folks know out there that I am completely neutral on all this. I didn't have a dog in the fight. Do oh, I, like, I, want, I wanted Max Verstappen to win. Did I, want, well, did I want Verstappen to win? Absolutely, because I would love to see him win his first championship. I don't have any kind of problems with Lewis Hamilton as a driver for the most part. I think he's fine. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do I like to hate Mercedes? Of course you like to hate the yeah, big guy. Yeah, I, I love to who, hate who Mercedes. Been, who has been dominating? Of course, that's in all sports you... You tend to hate the big guy, just like in baseball for the longest time, people hated the Yankees. Everybody so, hated Jeff Gordon, and everybody yeah, exactly. hated Jimmy Johnson. So, watching this, I was like, I want to see a really good race. So, when that happened, when they came down to that turn, coming down the backstretch, this is what I saw. Hamilton left him room, but then Hamilton turned a little earlier. He wasn't going to hit the apex correctly. He was turning earlier. That's what I saw. Right. So, when... My opinion, Hamilton put himself in that position because he knew, he knew at the last second, I've given too much room and he's a lot closer than I think he is. Right. From what I saw, I saw Hamilton start to try to turn a little bit earlier, but then he said, oh crap, I can't because Verstappen's here. Bailed away. And when Verstappen came over radio and said, he's got to give that back, I said, yeah, he's going to have to give that back because this is ridiculous. And then the steward said, nope, he gave back the advantage that he gained. I'm no, like, are well, you no, sure about that? Yeah, no, he because did not. he was gone after that. So I saw when it, at first when it happened, I didn't really see it very well. But when they showed the replay, I said, it looks like Lewis Hamilton's trying to turn just a little bit earlier than you really should, which tells me that he saw Verstappen a lot closer than he really thought. If Hamilton really wanted to play fair, he would have turned a little bit more to the left right. to get back on the track quicker instead of just going kind of straight off to the right. Yeah, that, that, he had an like you said he had an advantage clear as day. That's how I feel as well. Let's take it from there though. What do you have okay. to say after that one? Okay, so that was lap one. Right after that, for I feel the next fifty four, fifty two lap. We'll say I think it was fifty two laps. Status quo: Hamilton in the lead. Perez did a little blocking in there, which I said last episode. I didn't want to see Perez or Botas get involved with it, but Red Bull was playing their card as. I'm sure Mercedes would have played their card if the rules were reversed. It didn't really affect anything. It, it caused Max Verstappen to catch up, but once they were both past Perez, Hamilton took off again. So yeah. I, I'd say no harm, no foul there. Was I happy about that? Absolutely not. I didn't want to see teammates get involved with it. I didn't want to see Perez get involved or Botas get involved. And really, after that, they were a non-factor. Lap 54 or 52, I believe. I think it was 53. 53. My favorite driver in Formula One right now is Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> Though be it, he wrecked. But once that wreck happened, that changed everything. And from there, that's when the drama started. Go. <laughs> that's, that's when we got the... No, Mikey. No, no, Mike. That was so not right. I mean, that's when we got Total Wolf talking to the steward. Now, now we're going to talk about this first because I feel like this is going to have to be talked about. Talking to the stewards, I don't like it. I didn't like it at Silverstone. I sure as heck didn't like it now at Abu Dhabi. Formula One 
team principals and Formula One drivers and form the stewards need to not talk to the drivers. Well, they just need to communicate and tell them this is what it's going to happen, if and that's anything. It. There needs to be a one way communication from the stewards to the teams saying, "Toto, this is happening." Well, I think I think teams should be able to kind of rebuttal and ask maybe no, why no, no, are no, you no. doing it? There is absolutely because sometimes the stewards will give you something and then you want to know you want the explanation because some okay. the stewards fair, have fair called enough. different things that haven't made sense sometimes. Yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that straight up. But at the same time, I don't think you should argue your case. No, total no. wolf has now created a soundbite for our podcast. I don't know about any other Formula One or NASCAR podcast, but he's definitely created a soundbite from Mars because of just his no, Mikey, no. And that that was later on in the race. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that. But I, I don't like the fact that Christian Horner, Total Wolf, can contact the stewards anytime they well, want. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you have to back it up also because there was a VSC earlier in the race. Okay, yeah. that's This is where I was going and, with. Okay, there was a yeah. virtual safety car during the race. For I think it was Raikkonen or it was something. It was something about it was something Raikkonen or it was something that the stewards saw that the virtual safety car needed to be gone out for the safety of it was Giovinazzi. Yeah, it was Antonio Giovinazzi who whose car he was past a point where he needed to be pushed back, but he was too far away to get stewards out Stopped, there yeah. off the corner. In the danger zone, where if a car lost it, it could hit an official or right, a, right, or, right. or a track worker. Virtual safety car comes out, which pretty much everybody holds their place in pace car speed. You can't gain an advantage. You can't really gain up on the guy. You have to hold what forty percent of your speed. yeah. You decrease your speed by forty percent. Okay, so you decrease your speed by forty percent. You have to stay within a positive. But delta. then, but then, Total Wolf comes on and says, "Do not throw a safety yeah, car." Yeah, please, out. Michael, don't put a safety car out there like i'm sorry excuse me who's running the race exactly and and i'm i like what michael said he said total and he said the same thing to christian this is automobile racing you worry about your team and, and i'm not he, this isn't a quote this is what he pretty much said you worry about your team and race and i'll worry about the conditions on the track this is auto racing be quiet yeah be quiet that's what mike said I, and i don't know his last name but Mike handled himself with, you know. Oh, you're a, talking about Michael Massey? Massey. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Michael, Michael Massey. Massey held him, you know, said pretty much, this is my show. You worry about your team and race, which is exactly what he needed to do, which is exactly what NASCAR does. You worry about the race. We'll worry about the track and the conditions and everything like that. We'll worry about that. So I was pretty upset when that soundbite came on. Like, no, total. If there was a situation where a safety car needs to be deployed for the safety of driver competitors track workers a safety car needs to be deployed the heck with your thing because heaven forbid a car comes careening around that corner at 100 something miles an hour and takes out a track worker right oh then then we got bigger problems yep. here because mm-hmm. it was at a point i can't remember what turn it was but it was at it was, a quarter it was off the there apex was a lot, yeah and it, they, they were booking there yeah they were booking there okay so jovenazzi's that, that was one that ticked me off. But, you know, I always get ticked off when I hear Total Wolf talk anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So now we get to Latifi's crash. By that point, it was getting down to six laps to go, seven laps to go, and it was just something's going to have to happen where Lewis Hamilton scar breaks, he gets a puncture in the tire, or something crazy just has to happen in order for... Or staffing to even have a, a hope of doing this. Yeah. 
Latifi crash. Yeah, Christian Horner even said it on the TV broadcast when they interviewed him. Like 10 laps to go, he's like, we're going to need some kind of miracle. Uh, and, and, I, and a miracle and happened. I was starting to explain it to you earlier, and I, for all the fans out there, I swear on my life, before Latifi even crashed, literally probably 10 to 15 seconds before it happened, I had this feeling all of a sudden. I was like, we're about to get a safety car. I know it's about to happen. And then sure enough. Yeah, I was far from that. Crofty on the TV broadcast. All of a sudden, they cut the camera. He said, oh, my God, Latifi has crashed. And I went, oh, this is it. This is it. The racing gods are looking down and on us. And you know us. what Total this Wolf is- said? No, Mike. No, no, Mike. That was so not right. <laughs> the, the racing. And what was funny was, what was crazy was, you, at that time, you're wondering, where's Hamilton at? Because... As soon as a safety car comes out, you can come down pits anytime you want, right away. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at FindRealRelief.com. That's FindRealRelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. If the pits aren't closed for some crazy reason. Right. And so they they show Verstappen coming in, and I'm thinking to myself, obviously Hamilton has already passed the point because Hamilton was, I think the advantage was about 11 seconds. So Hamilton, I don't know if it was relayed that they didn't want to box or if they were already past the point. But Verstappen was already off, and guess what? They're throwing on soft tires. And right. I was like, I was thinking to myself, at that point, I was like, I hope to God that we get to go back to racing because I know that they will end under safety car yep. if deemed necessary. And it's happened before this season. And where that's where all the drama unfolded. Now, and, and, and if Hamilton would have pitted, we'll just go back to this. If Hamilton would have pitted, Verstappen would have stayed out. Yeah. 100%. He would have done everything opposite of what Lewis Hamilton did. And I don't blame them because if you you just got to do that sometimes. Whatever they're doing, we're going to do the opposite. It doesn't matter. We got to we got to figure out something. There were what? Okay, so the lineup went like this: Hamilton, Verstappen under the safety car, but there was a catch. There were what five lap cars? There were there were four four lap, lap cars in between Hamilton and Verstappen. And so at this point, if this would have been like NASCAR, the field would have been bunched up. And if you didn't pit, you do a wave around. Correct. Now, we were in that window where I'm sure the Formula One, the FIA, was looking at this like this. If we end this race under caution, we're going to get fans so mad at us coming down to the final race of the season with two championship drivers not even racing for the final lap. Yeah. And that was worrying me. I was like, oh, no. I mean, then they were talking, okay, we're not going to let the cars go. And I said, ah, that kind of makes sense because if you do that, then you got to let every, it's going to be, you know, you got to let well, everybody actually, go and catch up. from what I've heard is that it's not, there's a little bit of leniency to the rule that the, it's the steward's call on whether or not they allow 
lapped cars to overtake right. the safety car. Because it, there is in the rules it's written that if lapped cars do overtake the safety car, then the safety car has to come in the following lap, right? not on the same lap. So there was a lot of indecision. Right. But like you said, this is where the FIA saw this, and I was thinking the same thing, because even I was... I replied to somebody on Twitter. The FIA saw this as an opportunity to end things the way that they think the fans want to see it. Right. Did it create drama? Absolutely. Because nobody did. knew what was going to happen until lap 57 when they were coming down that back straight. Right. To turn nine, I think it was. The, that, that, you know, one of the reconfigured turns. All of a sudden... It flashes right there on the top of the screen. Race control. Lap cars are going to overtake. And that's when I was like, I bet they're bringing the safety car in because I know that they have already gotten that crash cleared away. And then right away, Martin Brundle says it. Oh, my God, they're bringing in the safety car. And I was like, this is it. Yep. And that's all I thought. It's like if Max Verstappen has to strike, this is when he has to strike. And, of course, Hamilton was slowing down. And, yep, and this is where they wanted to protest. And – Verstappen did get up close. Like, be careful, buddy. Nope. He can do that all he wants. Verstappen can get as close as he wants to without touching him or as long as he doesn't overtake him. Now, Mercedes were trying to protest that Verstappen did overtake by, like, barely an inch. His nose may have edged out over Hamilton. But that's because Hamilton kept trying to back him up. Hamilton's trying to hit the brake. I mean, you could clearly see it. Hamilton's almost coming to dead stop at, some, oh, yeah. at and, one point. And, and Max doesn't have any of oh, that. Oh, Max was like, I don't, you are not going to do this to me. And, you know, as long as he doesn't pass him, even if he does edge out in front of him, as long as he gives the position back, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Because you're not allowed to overtake before the line. Now, you can give the position back. If you're back behind him, once you cross the line to restart the race, there's not, that's not a big deal. But as the leader, you can go whenever you want. Yep. You can wait until the line to go. Yeah, and we've seen that happen before. We have seen that happen we've before. We've seen that happen before, and... It caused calamity. It, it caused a calamity. I forget which race it was, but I remember that specifically from last season. When Hamilton took off, Verstappen took off as well. On the fresh set of soft tires, he was booking. on yeah. Against Lewis Hamilton's hard 40-plus lap tires. Passed him clean... Did not look back, and then we just got the famous. No, Mike. No, no, Mike. That was so not right. And, and I feel, I, I, as much as I want to bash Hamilton, Mercedes, and Total Wolf, I feel for them. They were dominating that race. They had their race won. Latifi you can crashed. thank the engine change in Brazil for that and one. And you, you can just look at it like we had this race won. We oh. had the championship won. They won the constructors' championship. That being Mercedes. But they lost the big championship, the one that everybody will remember, and that was Max Verstappen winning the Drivers' Championship for 2021. Now, do you think anything will come of these protests? I think they'll make some good points. Yeah, well, of course, but, I mean, there have been a lot of good points that can be made from the stewards not making correct calls on plenty of other races in the last year and a half, to be honest. Right. Let's be real. This I mean, heck, you know, at, at Qatar... For them to come out and blame Verstappen for Hamilton running to the back of him, first of all, that was Hamilton's fault to begin with because they were both slowing down. And, you know, people wanted to moan and complain that Verstappen, people say, well, you can't overtake a car that's in the middle of the freaking track. Actually, he wasn't. He was probably in about the third lane out of four lanes. And 
Last I checked, if you were a race car driver coming up on a slower car, what is your first reaction going to be? I'm going to drive around them. If I don't see yellow flags, I'm driving around them. But you know what? I mean, that's just real quick. They were coming up on a DRS detection zone to begin with. So Verstappen wasn't trying to let Hamilton get too far ahead of him to begin with when they were coming up to that detection zone because he wanted to get DRS back because all you have to do is give the position. Once you have given the position, you can take it right back. You know, there's no rule saying that you have to give him so many feet. If he takes that position, you can take it right back after that. But that's not, you know, that's far in between. But, and you know what? We've seen stewards miss all kinds of calls because even a couple laps after that, Hamilton had run Verstappen off the track anyways in that last turn at the Jetta circuit. And it was clear as day. And all the stewards said was, you have to tell Lewis that he's getting a warning for it. Really? How about give him a penalty too for that one? So the stewards have made all kinds of stupid decisions in the last year and a half. Yeah, but now, in the, and then in this race, they were telling Total Wolf and Christian Horner both that this is auto racing. You know, I mean, when Vers- when Perez was holding up Hamilton, it was Hamilton came on. This is dangerous driving. Uh, oh, well, I and, got a and, lot to say about that. And then you hear, uh, what's his name, Michael, say, that's auto racing. Yeah, this is, yeah. And then at the final, you know, hey, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. It's like, total, this is auto racing. I mean, you know. But, I, but yeah. when at what point did it become auto racing, you know, to Formula One? Because I wanted this all season. You wanted this. I don't care, you know, just because you're driving dangerously. Well, then Hamilton, find another job. I'm sure you could be a grocery bagger. That's not a dangerous job. I'm sure you could be a farmer, oh, and that's pretty dangerous. Well, but, I, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton complained about dangerous driving. You're probably best to find another career that isn't so dangerous in that fact, Lewis, because Perez, although I didn't agree with what he did to Mercedes because I didn't want to see that, he wasn't driving dangerously. He was just kind of, you know, I'm going to help out my teammate. He pulled what Chase Elliott did to Kevin Harvick at Bristol, just helping a teammate. I didn't agree with it. I don't agree with that, but that's that's auto racing. So now you have this kind of catch twenty two. I think what Formula One has done and talk and and want to set the standard. Now now they set the standard of this is auto racing. A very good race it was, though. Be it some things we didn't agree on, but overall a very good race from Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I I'll uh, yeah we, we we can kind of. Finish. I have a rant. I have something to say, and it it kind of, it kind of. So okay, so it kind of does go along with this whole auto racing deal. Okay, and here's and and like I said, I am down the middle. I have no problem with Lewis Hamilton. He's a great driver. Mercedes has built a stellar team that has won. You know, Hamilton's got seven championships. You know, but here's my thing. Maybe to some people who have never really watched F1 who t- decided to tune in to watch because this was a huge thing in the world of auto racing. I mean, th- we have two drivers coming into the final race of the season, level on points. Sure, one has when, more when of an the, advantage. Yeah, when was the last time that's ever happened in yeah. Formula 1 or NASCAR, period? Yeah, exactly. Sure, one of them has an advantage because if they were to both crash out, Verstappen would technically win because he had one more win than Hamilton. When you have a VSC, the, the, that first virtual safety car come out, and Total Wolf is on the radio saying, don't bring out a safety car. You're like, you're no, I'm thinking, no, no, Mike, that was so not right. <laughs> you're thinking to yourself, who's, who is running the show here? Why is it all of a sudden Total Wolf is telling them, don't do this, because that's going to hurt our plan? Okay, whatever. So you kind of get past it, whatever. So then we get, you know, to the, 
here's my thing. Checo is driving hard against Hamilton. Is he helping his team out? Absolutely, freaking lutely because it's a team sport, technically. Technically team sport. And it was for position. It was for position. It wasn't like Chico was a lap down nope. or anything nope, like that. he was that. in the lead. They were in the lead. Hamilton just pitted, coming up on him. We knew it was going to happen. And to me, he was protecting the lead. Yeah. We, we, we all know what, what Sergio Perez was doing because you heard it on the radio. Plan B. Yeah, back him up. Back him back up. Back him up. You, and yeah, and, you know it. And if you broadcast it on the radio, you, you know, Christian Horner didn't need to broadcast that on the radio. All he needed to come on and say was, you're first, Hamilton second, Verstappen third. Boom, that's it. And then you would have, he would have said, copy. Well, here's my, and, and here's my thing. When Hamilton came over the radio while he was battling with Perez, and he said, this is some dangerous driving, I thought to myself, that right there did it for me. I was like, this is what people are talking about that the Lewis Hamilton fans might be a little bit blind of. Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes have gotten to the point where they have become so used to being so damn good and that much faster than everybody that they'd never have to worry about racing anybody because once the race starts, they're already qualified on the front row half the time to begin with. The race starts, they never have anybody to deal with. When they come up on back markers, back markers moving out of the way because that's the rule. So Mercedes does not have to deal with any of that. So now Lewis Hamilton's on the radio saying, this is dangerous driving. Yeah, buddy, it is. It's called racing. It's called racing, but you're so used to being up front. It's, I mean, you guys are so used to winning and being such sore losers. You don't know what it's like to lose. You don't know what it's like to get raced. Perez is out here on soft tires, which are wearing down. You're on a new set of hards, which is the softest hard compound of the year so far. And this man is out battling the crap out of you. And you're like, this is some dangerous driving. It's not dangerous driving. He just caught DRS at the right time before turn nine and dove bomb you again. He, you for, and he, Hamilton forced him off the track coming down that back stretch anyways where they came around the kink. He had to go over the white line and right. near the wall. And Hamilton's like, well, this is some dangerous driving. Heck yeah, it is. That's racing, buddy. Welcome to it. And you know what? People want to say, oh, Verstappen drives dangerously. No, there's a difference. You have Verstappen and you have Lewis Hamilton's type of racing. Verstappen is probably connects with a lot of the world when it comes to racing. He is yeah. a hardcore racer who will do anything he has to do to win. That's 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 what it is too. And that's the, and that's my rant is that Mercedes has gotten so used to thinking that they are so damn good and they don't have and, to race and anybody and, and anytime anybody has to race them, all of a sudden they go crying to the stewards. Right. Oh my god, this is dangerous driving. Yeah. Verstappen is out there racing like there's, you know, he wants to win. It's the drivers' championship is up for grabs. He has to finish ahead of Hamilton. Yeah, he did. And then for them to come over the radio and all this stuff between not just Mercedes but Red Bull and all this, you know, whining at the FIA and all this. And then of course when they roll, wave the lap cars around, they say the safety cars coming in. Total Wolf is just like, oh, this isn't the right call. Excuse me, are you the stewards? I don't think so. The stewards are just making it up as they kind of go because they wanted to see the finish that they got. And then people are out here saying, well, the stewards are the one that decided the race today. They clearly wanted Verstappen to win. I don't think they clearly wanted to see Verstappen win. I think they just wanted to give the fans the finish that they deserve. Had that race ended under caution, I would have been really upset with the form with yeah. the FIA. And that was kind of outside of control because once it ha- that, that crash with Latifi happened with six laps to go, it's like, this is going to be a tough 
it isn't like NASCAR where it's like we're going into overtime. Yeah, no, they don't have is... to fuel for that. They don't have nope. planned fuel for that. They have a they have fifty eight laps to race, and they tune those engines and fill that car up just to have enough to do a formation lap, run the race, do a cool down lap, and that's it. And what I and what I and like I said, I was totally neutral. And what you know after the, it happened, I thought to myself, you know what? If this was Red Bull in the lead. Mercedes would be doing the same thing. It the rules, like you say before all the time, the rules would be reversed. Mercedes would do the same thing, probably. Yeah, Red Bull, you mean, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, okay, so like if Red Bull were in the lead, Christian Horner become the radio say, radio say too, saying, "Oh, I don't think we should go back to green. Why is the safety car ending now? Why are you letting the lap cars go by?" Yeah, it would be the but, rules would be reversed. And then Hamilton and Total Wolf would have said, "You got to let these lap cars go exactly. so we have a shot at the exactly track. because you you don't." You don't want to win this championship. And if I were to lose Hamilton, I wouldn't want to win this champion under caution. I wouldn't want to win this championship with four lapped cars between me and my 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 competition. Yeah. I would want to win this mono we mono. It was they they made their bed and laid in it. Yep. If they would have pitted, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-mm. But they got caught going past the start finish line when the safety car come at, came out. Christian Horner and Red Bull were on top of it and said, pit now. Pit now. They were throwing everything that they could. They, they threw they the had book. To. They, they had, had to. They had to do everything they could. And you know what? Like like I said before, the FAA saw this. The 2021 season played out like this big drama-filled play. I mean, you right. couldn't have scripted anything better. In my opinion, and as a, as a newly found F1 fan in the last three to four years, I have never seen so much drama this play out in a race season ever. I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, you, it, yeah, you. The only thing that would have made it better is there were, if there were three or four cars in mathematical competition for right. that win. Yeah, but it, there wasn't, and the fact that it was two cars, two different teams. Yeah, they played. This has I been mean, played uh, up this for was, a long. And after Jetta. It was like, oh, we're tied on points. And the weekly, the weeks leading up to I mean, like, you're like... That's all you could talk this about. This is it. And you know what? F1 was like... I'm sure F1 is probably okay with this finish, honestly, because... It, the if, most if, pop, if, their yeah. most popular driver won. Yeah. If, or it, if you're Formula 1, the most popular driver won in a member of their, the most memorable season since probably Ayrton Senna race yeah, in Formula 1. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, if you're an F1 if you're an F one fan, you're loving You've this. You've won. You've won I, it. I mean, but if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, and see, this is why I don't like pulling for one driver because if that one driver messes up, now granted, if Lewis Hamilton would have won, I probably would have been like, "Oh man, what a stupid race!" You know, <laughs> this was a stupid season. This was a stupid race. You know, or maybe not. I probably would say, "Hey, Lewis Hamilton won," because you wanted to see these drivers, and I wish it would have been two laps, Vice one, or maybe with DRS, just to see what would happen. But it was one lap to go to decide the season. Max Verstappen jumped on it. Max Verstappen won. Lewis Hamilton, classy winner, classy loser, I should say. He lost a race. Congratulated Max Verstappen and Red Bull. But Mercedes is the ones acting like a bunch of cry. But we lost the championship. We're yeah, going to protest Lewis, this. Yeah, I think Lewis now, accepted would, the fact that they just they got outplayed somehow. They, At the end, it would, would just it didn't would fall. Would Red right. Bull do the same thing? I don't know. I don't. I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to say that Red Bull would have done the same thing. I don't think I they would, ha- would. I would hate to think that Christian Horner and Red Bull Formula One and Red Bull Honda would have said we're protesting this because of this and this because Christian well, Horner seemed a little bit more calmer on the radio. Than Total Wolf has been because Christian has tried to ask 
the stewards before, and when the stewards give him kind of like an explanation, he's just like, okay, whatever. He just kind of shrugs off. He's like, you know what? Right. Fine. When that well, first an- incident happened in turn one, he first happened said, give it back. It's like, nope, can't do it. The stewards made their decision. Keep pushing forward. Yeah, Christian Horner was just like, I don't see got, how that is, but okay. You got 57 laps to go. Go for it. Yep, we're you just going to start playing. Because that's, that's the difference between what I see in Formula 1 and NASCAR. If that happens, well, in Formula 1, they probably got about 15 other different kinds of plans they've already come up with. Because these guys work in the shop and all throughout the race weekend to come up with like 15 to 20 different kinds of plans. It's unreal yep. at the amount of plans that they have and, for any kind of scenario whatsoever. And, you know, it just played out to Max Verstappen's it did. point. And it, I, I, I'm telling you, it was, even though the, the middle of the race was a little lackluster, because, I mean, it kind of is like that sometimes. I mean, it, Formula One races are pretty good at having a big buildup to the end of something. And... I mean, the season built up all the way. There were races that built up to fin- good finishes. But, I mean, if you're a fan of auto racing, if you're just a straight-up fan of F1 with no driver in the fight, you have won. I mean, yeah, this it is... Was, it was a good Formula was, 1 season. Yeah, I mean... I can't wait till, you know, uh, survive. What, what is it? Uh, drive to Survive. Drive when to that, Survive oh, comes out. That's going to oh, be so much fun. Oh, my God. I was so, tweeting about it when they were racing in Jetta when... <laughs> when Hamilton ran to the back of Verstappen, oh, yeah. I was just like, "Oh man!" But I'm the, glad. The I'm, glad, I'm also I'm it. also glad that didn't determine the end of the championship. You could tell Max Verstappen there was probably trying to do something, but at the same time, I'm glad that didn't determine the outcome of the championship. Oh no! I mean, I can't. Yeah, I love it. But coming down to our final show or second to your final show of the season, we haven't done this in a while. I feel like this is as good as time as any. Hey man. Hey man. Hey, man. We haven't done this in a while, and I figured now is as good as time as any because I found some good ones here online for this. I'm going to start off with Danny. and This is going to be uh, what they said on social media as well as rebuttals from some of the fans because some of the fans were nobody held back. Oh, if you're a Formula One man, nobody held back. Danny said, absolutely ruined the sport. Shocking decisions. I'm talking. I'm thinking that might have been the cars going by and the lap cars going by. And uh, Victor responded back to Danny, go cry till next year. You can tell who the Hamilton fans and who the Verstappen yeah. fans were in here. Go cry till next year. Jamie said this, no, the sport was ruined by an incompetent race director who failed on many occasions to follow the rules, the rule book throughout the season. Why have a rule book if you don't apply the rules correctly? Charlie Whiting never made such awful decisions. He was a fair game to all drivers. And, you know, some people with the Dutch flag going, yeah, whatever. Emilio said this, uh, Hamilton winning eight in a row would have ruined the sport. I'd have to agree with Emilio there. That's just me. I think, you know, Hamilton ruins the sport anyway, but I'd say eight in a row would have done it. So, uh, hey, man, is entitled there. Good job. And let's see here. Lewis fan here, only the sensible decision. It's only the sensible decision. And Alexander said, uh, you under, and this was from uh, Ivan. And he said, Ivan, you understand the sport was, uh, it was Mark that wasn't on top of it today. It just seems like a lot of bad decisions. You know, if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, it's all Mark's fault or Mikey's fault. What? It was all Mikey's fault. No, Mikey. No, no, Mikey. That was so not right. I already saw a petition to remove him. 
People are already creating all, all right. kinds of petitions to remove Michael Massey. Yeah, Michael, uh, Mark said this. Michael Massey and the FIA has taken what should have been the greatest advert for Formula One and probably the most watched race in Formula One of all time and turned it into an absurd mess. No uh, problem with Max Verstappen being world champion. He's a fantastic driver. But in, in my experience, when somebody says, well, this, well, Max Verstappen deserves it, but... Really, what's after the bud was meant to be said, and that's in any circumstances. But the best driver in the car on the day was robbed. No. That happened at the end of the race, and it was far from sporting outcome as you can get. Was. In which people, in which this was a fun one, Simon responded by this, and that was a guy named Mark who said that. Simon responded by this Couldn't agree more with what you said. I've been an F1 fan for decades and have taken plenty of slack in the past from other friends who have never solved what I did and would defend it. But Massey, I'm thinking Mark, or Mike, sorry, the stewards in the FIA have been a joke this season of what they have done in the final race. I can no longer say I enjoy watching the sport anymore and certainly can't defend it anymore. So much that I have now removed it from my sky planner and stopped it from searching for the next season and we'll be canceling my subscription to Sky Sports F1. No, that guy, that guy will be watching next season. Don't listen to that. This He'll sounds, be like, watching this next sounds like the same guys who said the same. The sport died when er, NASCAR died yeah. when Earnhardt died, yeah. and yet still comment yeah, on. Yeah, the problem. The problem I have with that is was Lewis Hamilton possibly robbed? Yeah, probably. Well, but at the same, but, but okay, okay, okay. But at the same oh, time, but. <laughs> but at the same time, this guy is saying that the best driver was robbed. Lewis Hamilton might be a good driver, but like I said earlier, Mercedes has the speed. Mercedes had the speed because they made the engine change in Brazil. They got the fresher engine. Of course they're going to have the pace. Hello. It's not – I think Daniel Ricciardo – I think I brought it up before. Years ago, Daniel Ricciardo said it. 75% car, 25% driver. Mm-hmm. That is what the difference is – well, kind of the difference is between NASCAR and F1 – I mean, there's a lot of work that gets put into a car. We saw it last year when George Russell stepped into that Mercedes. The Mercedes is freaking fast, man. You put George Russell in there as a talented driver, and he comes right out the gate, yeah. and he immediately makes it look like it's nothing. Yeah. Hello. You know, George, yeah, George Russell looks good. But when Mercedes is qualifying and out-qualifying people, so if you look at it, usually Haas has been at the back, honestly. Mercedes is out qualifying Haas in round one by like four seconds. You can't tell me that there's it's you can't see that. You right. can't tell me that you can't see Mercedes has the power. It means it's not. It's just it, it it kills me that these people talk about how like oh you know Lewis Hamilton gets he was the best driver. Mercedes has the car. Right, and and this is what this is my by far favorite one, and then we'll get into our talk with blind spotting John who posted this, and I love the responses from this. Oh, gosh, they're so great. What has t- today's race taught my five-year-old son who watched it with me and the whole, as well as the whole season with me? Is that you could change the rules in the last five minutes of an entire season if it suits. That you can have a lead that you've earned the whole race taken away from you because people that run it change the rules because they were pressured to do so by another competitor that I'm not sure was right. Emmanuel said this, John... Who cares about your son? <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike. No, no, Mike. That was so not right. <laughs> Pretty much. 
saying, oh, and I, I think, and then uh, Jamie said this, and this is the last one. I think the real thing is that was to talk that karma prevails. Lewis has been a sulking, sore loser for all year and tries to run Max off the track multiple times, changed the engine about 50 times, and had by far the fastest car on track, complained when Red Bull was even faster, when losing fair and square to the best way possible. Max was by far the better driver all year, pushed his car to the limits, while Lewis had an over-engineered speed demon on on the straights but drive softly into the corners. Karma failed and Max won. Yeah, yeah. See, you know what was funny it was Maples and I were talking about the rate, uh, talking in the week leading up to the race because I had told, I talked to him. And I said, "Oh, you know, what? I forgot that Abu Dhabi had changed a couple corners around." And he said, "I don't think it's going to make a difference. That's technically been more of a Red Bull track." And I'm thinking to myself, "Well, looking at the way the setup is now, this is all Mercedes all day right, right. here. This is this is playing right into their hands." And you know what? I think they kind of played it into their hands when they decided to do the engine change in Brazil and take the the, the grid penalty because you know, like we said before. In Brazil, when Lewis Hamilton gained like a, a, a jillion positions during the sprint race, well, yeah, he's going to gain a lot of positions because one, half the field isn't running as hard, and two, half the field is on a lot older engine equipment, and you're literally just replaced almost your entire engine or whatever it was. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, you'd be faster. So this this was a Mercedes track, and it scared me coming into the. I was so nervous about coming into the race i was like i i'm pretty sure that hamilton's gonna hamilton's gonna be for stepping off the line and it's that's it that's gonna be it i know it's gonna be it because hamilton's gonna have the pace the car is just that much better they're just that much faster right now. right and it just you know what and that and also i understand i i see i've started to see why people maybe you know around the world like in europe and whatever to us Verstappen diving on Hamilton like that, that's racing. Because to us, in NASCAR, you can do wheel-to-wheel racing. Mm-hmm. And open wheel, it is a little bit It is a little bit more dangerous because if you touch going high speed in open wheel, yeah, right. it usually turns to be very bad. But, you know, at the same time, people want to see racing, and Verstappen brings racing. I mean, he, he, will, he will drive the wheels off of it, honestly. Right. And I commend him for winning. The, he deserved it. That's all I got to say. Max Verstappen deserved that championship, and man, and it was awesome. Enjoy it till 2022, because Hamilton and Mercedes will be right back at you. Anything else before we get into our talk with Blind Spotting? Uh, nope. Let's, let's hear what all they right, got to go, say. Let's go I miss talk, them. Yeah, let's go talk to the guys from Blind Spotting here real quick. Folks, before we continue on with the episode, wanted to remind everyone out there about our online store at Teespring and Bonfire. There you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, beer mugs. You name it, we have it. If we don't have it, we'll make it up for you. Special order, just so you can have it in time for the holiday season of Christmas. If you just head over to our website, ramblingaboutracing.com, under the stores tab, you'll find the link to the Teespring. But if you also look in the podcast description below, you'll see links to both Teespring and Bonfire stores. And if you order between now till the end of December in honor of season three wrapping up, you will get 30% off your order using discount code Christmas. Yes, 30% off in honor of season three. So head on over to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles or bonfire slash rambling about racing. Again, 30% off using discount code Christmas till the end of December. (laughs) 
Here back at Rambling About Racing, here we got very special co-hosts here tonight talking about the Formula One season and a little bit about their podcast. You already know them if you are an avid listener of Rambling About Racing. They used to be on our sh- unhinged show, unhinged race day, unhinged, featured in Five Off Five on the guys from Blind Spotting NASCAR podcast, Travis, Andrew, and Mike up there in Race City, USA, Mooresville, North Carolina. Gentlemen, how's it going? Thank you for taking the time tonight, burning the midnight oil, being on the show this week. How's it going? Great. Yeah, Matt. Matt. We're well, good. Thank you. No, thanks for coming on here because we're in that crazy transitional phase where this is the second to the last show of the season and what a show it is. Because I know out of everyone there at the Blind Spotting, Andrew's the Formula One guy, just like Preston's the Formula One guy here oh, at Rambling yes. About Racing. And I, I don't know if Nigel will be joining us tonight or not, but we got a, a heck of a race to break down. But before we get into that, how are you guys doing over there? You just did episode 50 with Jerry Nadu, if I'm not mistaken. You are, uh, but you didn't, you didn't know that you're mistaken. Um, well, you sort of did. We just finished up episode 50, but Jerry was under the weather, Yep. and so we had to postpone that. Oh, okay. we, he, he still wanted to come on, but we said, no, we didn't want to do that. Didn't want to put him at risk, so we postponed a week and had our kids on for episode 50, and I just finished editing that tonight, so that's going to hit tomorrow morning about 8 a.m., so that's going to be a very special broadcast and something that we've never done before, and we nice. have a lot of fun with it. Nice. I mean, I know your kids come with you to just about almost every race there. It's like herding cats. It's fun to watch and observe. <laughs> Can't wait to be joining you with my daughter here shortly. But uh, that's an awesome show. Sorry, Jerry, didn't work out. But I'm sure it was a lot of fun with you and your kids just talking about their experience. Can't wait to hear that episode coming up here this week. Should be a good one. It's, gonna, it's, uh, it's a little bit longer than... And we normally do, but it's, uh, it's got a lot of good content. And uh, I think our, our fans and your listeners will, will enjoy it. Nigel does make an appearance. Oh, good. But uh, uh, Travis treats him a little bit better this time. Still not what you would expect from Southern hospitality, more Southern brutality. Oh. But, you know, Nigel can take it, man. Nigel can take it. Yeah. No problem. I, I feel like Travis uh, doesn't really care for Nigel just based on the first time I listened and heard Nigel. That's, that's the understatement of the century. <laughs> oh, man. So so tell us, gentlemen, how um, how everything else going fine up there? I, I know last time I saw you guys, we went up to Martinsville, had a great time there. I uh, want to say congratulations to Travis more so because uh, the Braves won the World Series after yes. that Martinsville race. And it was after Martinsville that everything started collapsing not collapsing, but going crazy over here with me with the selling of the house and buying the new house. So that's why everything's going crazy here. But, uh, yeah, congratulations on the Braves winning the World Series. And uh, what, what else have you guys been up to? How, how was your Thanksgiving? Let's start off with that. It was good on my end. We, we, had, we had a pretty relaxed, uh, pretty relaxed time and uh, got to see family and uh, a little less weird than last year's sort of COVID Thanksgiving. So, it was good, and and Michael and Travis, I think yours was as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think all of us have kind of just hung out, hunkered down a little bit, not really gone and done anything crazy. I know that um, 
you know, we'll, we'll see what happens next year with racing and stuff, but uh, yeah, no, it's been good. I'm, I'm ready for, for racing to, for NASCAR to come back. Uh, let me right. uh, preface that. Uh, definitely ready for NASCAR to come back because uh, good Lord, I don't know how much more of the, the, the Panthers I can take. I think a high school team could beat them at oh, this point. Man, <laughs> you going to take that from him, Mike? What's that? Oh, we were at the game. Oh, we, were, no, we were there today. We, we were there at the Falcons game, and I, I, I've got no no argument for that. They, oh, they, okay. They, they are uh, they are less than average. We'll say that. Um, yeah, I have a. I have they've a got some work to do. Who, yeah, a good friend of mine would call it below medium. Below like, medium. Uh, okay. Okay. I like, I like that. that. When you, I know this is a racing show, but when you fire a coordinator, you do that expecting different results. The coordinator wasn't the issue. The team is the issue. Um, You're going to have to take your word on that one. But going back here to blind spotting, I got to know, and I, after all the times we've talked to each other and, and had you guys on the show with five off and five on there on the Unhinged Sports Network, how who started blind spotting? Whose idea was it out of the three of you? I'd say, Matt, it was more of a group effort. It's something that we... We discussed uh, for quite some time. We, we go to a lot of races together and just uh, talking to and from races. Uh, we said, why don't we just record this sometime and shoot it out there and see if anybody likes what we have to say. Uh, we're very opinionated and we try to bring in some, some funny bits as well and try to make it, you know, very uh, tailored to our experiences at, at different tracks. And we kicked it around for a little while and we it did some research on some equipment and how to do podcasts. And we just uh, kind of hit it about a year ago, uh, Thanksgiving around that time. And, you know, we finally decided that, well, let's try it. And we got around, we started with one microphone. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com and a MacBook, and around the table, just kind of leaning over, talking into the, to the microphone. We kind of built it from there, and we started off at, uh, we like to call it the Cottle Creek Compound. And we're at Travis's house. They've got a, above their garage, they've got a nice space that I believe his mother used as an art studio for a while, and then she decided she wanted a bigger space, and so that was available. And we said, let's try it up there, and the acoustics are, are good. And it's a nice space, and we've been there ever since, and hopefully we'll be able to continue to use that space for, for some time. And we've been very fortunate to have some some good guests on, some folks that we knew starting off, and that's led to some other things. And we've gotten to the point, even when we don't have guests, we just enjoy uh, being around each other, and we find that we have an interesting conversation 
uh, just the three of us sometimes and our and we're just having a good time with it and we hope that people enjoy it and will continue to enjoy it i was just going to say i think we took a trip to homestead what three years ago and that's a long drive from charlotte down there and we spent a fair amount of time just talking racing you know as you'd expect and doing a lot of things like who would you put in the hall of fame first and comparing like you know jeff burton and harry gant or something like that and we have these big long discussions and i don't know how it came about but that the idea i think sort of blossomed either from that trip or at that trip or from it sometime thereafter and uh, we kind of been kicking it around and for Michael and I, our wives, and then my, my father kept saying, you guys really ought to do this. I think Travis's folks were probably encouraging him. And then we just finally decided to bite the bullet and give it a shot last year, and we enjoyed it. And um, it takes a lot of work. We carved out time to be dedicated and record the same night every week. And and here we are a year later and 50 episodes in. It's, it's really hard to believe that it's been as successful as it has been. We've been really fortunate. Yeah, I was just going to say, we we first met – it was the week of the Texas debacle last fall. It was the Wednesday night of that debacle. They finally ran the race on Thursday. And we met and ironed everything out. And, and you know, we were, we, we were set to record the next week, and we didn't even have a place to record. And so, you know, that night that we met, we figured out where we were going to try to record and see what it sounded like. And it's just it's just fun. You know, we both have a huge passion for, for NASCAR all three of us have a passion for NASCAR in particular, and Andrew will occasionally throw in some F1, um, but it's it's just a lot of fun. And, and I would say the, the the one of the best things that come out of, that came out of your show that I've noticed is that I've personally developed a great friendship with all three of you and got to meet you guys, uh, se- be with you guys at several races over what well, not several what two races this year, two three races, but. You know, just the friendships I think that came from this it is quite amazing. All of your families are very nice, very nice people, very good kids, and I think that's one of the cool things that come that's come out of this. Personally, from my point on this, I, I got to know this too. I know hey. Andrew's the form, kind of the Formula One guy. When you guys talk Formula One, Andrew kind of takes the buck on that. Travis is the statistician, and Michael seems to be kind of the head main host would that be fair to say yeah well i'd say it probably started off that way but travis has a has a background or a degree in in broadcasting is that right travis mm-hmm. you know he's as much of a host as 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 i am and andrew takes the takes the wheel sometimes as well so we kind of share that role it, it did start out that way i felt kind of like a the ringmaster between two two tigers in a cage to begin with but now we're just three monkeys, and I don't know which one's in the middle. We just <laughs> pass the football around. I like it. I like it. It's a great flow of the show. You guys have great chemistry, and you can tell it's it's very passionate for you. So I'm going to fire off a couple quick fire questions here. I asked if you listened to the last week's episode with the Quick Pit, you'll kind of have an idea of what they are, and I want to get all three opinions on it. And Preston, be, by all means, I, I listen to uh, feel free to chime pits, in. Um, yeah, yeah, great guys you got, there. You got my favorite driver wrong, but thanks a lot. Oh, sorry about that. So, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Matt Benedetto, really? I mean, come on. Oh, that's yeah, like a, that's, 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 a kick in the, well, that's that, a kick in the face. And that's something else here. When Michael listened to <laughs> our episode with 
talking about Matt to Benedetto, Mike got a little upset here. And um, I figured this would be a good time as any for you to answer for all those things that you said what about Matt to Benedetto. answer for? I just think he's a phony. That's it. Oh, I just, from what I see, I think he's a phony. Oh, boy. And go. And go. I just... Not- <laughs> Oh, why, why do you say that? Oh, I'm going to, I just think that he can't, he, he, he doesn't, he, every time I see a new social media video, he always seems like he's got different stances on different things. That's all I got to say about it. I just, I, I'm not knocking him as a driver. I think he's a good driver. I just, he's, I just think he's got different stances on things. And I think he lets social media get in the way of a lot of his stuff in NASCAR. I mean, that's just what I see. I don't disagree with that. I think the best thing for him to do is probably stay off of social media. That's for a what while I thought he was going to do when he said he was backing off of Twitter. I was like, okay, that's cool. But then he was right back on it, like literally days later, posting another video. I was like, what is this guy doing? This is not a good look for him. I think he feels maybe that that's how he he stays relevant and keeps his name out there when he's looking for a ride. He just, I think he feels passionate about different things and and wants. I mean, and a lot of when things he posts, he gets thousands of you know, reactions, whether positive or negative. And, and without that, he's getting no reactions. So I think that's just a, a plan on his part to, to get it to stay out there. But I, I agree. I, I think if he could take the let's go branded bit back uh, and maybe think that he's a young guy, he's, he's a young guy. We, we all make stupid decisions when we're younger and, you know, impulsive decisions and hey this sounds like a popular thing and maybe he didn't completely understand the background of it maybe he was just trying to appeal to republicans i i I don't know you know i'm sure if he could do some things differently he would i think just some interactions that we've had with him he's a good guy he means well he's got good intentions he's a family guy i have his number from when when he called in on show and every time i text him and say hey how's it going you know, just checking in, wishing the best. Within 24 hours, he, he texts me back and says, hey, man, thanks for checking in. Appreciate the support. You know, let's stay in touch. Hope you're, hope you're doing well. Hope your family's doing well. He, he, returns, he returns that. So and we've had some guests on that, that don't, uh, but he always does. He always replies, and he always makes himself available, and we'd love to have him on the show again. By the way, I caught all the flack for that episode Mike was texting me. He's like, "Phony, what are you talking about?" It's like that was all Preston. You're gonna, and I wanted to settle. The, I have I wanted some to, very controversial, what, bury the hatchet right here. That I say on this show, like I said, I'm not knocking him as a driver. I think he's a good driver. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just there's just I just things that I saw that I was like, I don't think that's gonna fly, man. You be careful with that. Yeah, just, just, and I understand well, you. Mike's right. Yeah. We do a lot of people do make stupid decisions when they're young. Oh, I, know I, ha- I know I have. Yeah, I still make I still make I'm not stupid saying decisions. That it's just the way NASCAR revolves these days around. You need all kinds of money and you need sponsorships at this point. You kind of don't need to be doing yeah. what he's kind of doing, which is yeah. kind of playing that social media game. It's not a good look. Yeah, it's not. So, like I okay. said, I'm not talking about as a driver, Agreed. but yeah. Agreed. Anyway, I wanted yeah. to bring that Agreed. up because that was that was a lot of fun. Okay, <laughs> quick fire questions here, gentlemen. I want all three opinions and Preston, you could chime in too. You can only bring one track back, Chicagoland, Rockingham, or North Wilkesboro for a Cup Series race. Which will it be? Mm, well, that's an easy one. I'm, I'm taking Wilkesboro. I, I got to see two races there in 95 and 96, the last two spring races. Um, it was It's a unique. It, it, was, it was uphill into one end, downhill into the other end. It's five-eighths a mile. It was a weird shape. 
Short track racing, give me Wilkes-Barre every day. All right, Wilkes-Barre for Andrew. You know what, and this is an unpopular opinion. I'm going to take Chicago. Uh, I think that that portion of the country, that metropolitan area needs NASCAR. I also think if you look back, the last few races that they had there were pretty pretty good races. The track had been wearing out. Tires mattered. I just think that the racing was was pretty good there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Chicago. I I would like to see Chicago come back versus doing like a street course around Soldier Field. Agreed. I think that's a terrible idea. One hundred percent agree. What about you there, Mike? Well, I was going to ask Andrew. I haven't seen a race at any of those venues. I've never. I've only been by them. I've never been by Chicago Land. But I know, Andrew, you've been to a race in Chicago. You've been to North Wilkesboro. Have you ever been to a race in Rockingham? I've never been to a race in Rockingham. I used to drive it on simulators a lot in the 90s. It's a lot of fun. It's got an aw- kind of an awkward turn one. You know, it's just a little bit over a mile. It chews up the tires. I will tell you, the racing at Chicagoland was pretty good. Uh, the back stretch, as you may recall, was not straight. Um, and so it was kind of a from turn one all the way to turn four, you were kind of doing wheel input. Um, the racing actually for a mile and a half there was pretty good, as Travis said, and it got better. I do think that that part of the country needs something, but I think Road America has replaced it, and I think they're knocking Chicagoland down. So I agree with both of you that I don't think that a uh, race around Soldier Field is going to do well at all. I think the Nashville experiment in IndyCar showed us that that's going to be a long-term development to get that kind of racing good, especially with big, heavy, slow stock cars. But yeah, that I, I think Rock, for me it'd be Wilkesboro, then Rockingham, then Chicago. But I think all three of those tracks are better than like Texas, in my opinion. Right. I, I would go the same order. I love the, the history that comes with North Wilkesboro. Uh, same with Rockingham. You know, I think it would be great for the economy of Wilkes County uh, for that race to come back. I, I think Chicago would be just fine with or without that race. Rockingham could also. That area could also use an economic boost just based on the historical significance and things that have gone on there. I would have to go the same way Andrew went, uh, North Wilkesboro, Rockingham, and then Chicago land. All right. Preston's kind of shaking his head over No, here. no, I'm not shaking my head. I, just, I would choose Rockingham. Okay. I, I'd like Rockingham. Yeah. Yeah. All that. It's, it, yeah. It's, it's a it was hand. a great track. It was a great, yeah. uh, you know, the tires used to, you know, it's a cheese grater like Darlington, but it, it was, um, I think it used to have great racing. I think there was good side-by-side racing there. It, to me, it's one in one A. I just prefer short tracks a little bit, but I, I don't think you can argue Preston with that. Rockingham would be a great track to bring back. I, I think all three of those answers you guys gave, all the answers you guys gave were great answers. It, I, I just, you know, I mean, I would like one of those three tracks to be back on the schedule more so, I think, to Travis's point, Chicagoland's always produced good racing, but Rockingham has a nostalgia to it. So does North Wilkesboro. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next. All right. Uh, what about you, Matt? What's your opinion? I wanted Rockingham. What do you feel? I wanted Rockingham to come back because it, it's kind of like Darlington in the sense where tires mm-hmm. matter and that uniqueness where the turns one and two and are completely different in three and four. It's somewhat close by to our house. That that's always yeah. a that's always a plus factor in in my decision making when it comes to going to events and planning a day or a weekend at a track. I think it would just be great times to to do that. You know, I think it would just be somewhat, you know, Rockingham, the Rock. I think it would be great. But any of those yeah. tracks, if you give me a ticket to, I'll go to. I'm with Travis definitely. No track around Soldier Field. 
None. No, that's a, a street that's course. An awful idea. That's street. like the clash. Yeah. It's oh, just gosh. a dumb idea. So question number two. What's everybody's highlight from the 2021 season? You can only pick one thing that you could say, that's what made the season for me. Or didn't make the season. We'll go both ways. I'll go first with my highlight. Uh, right. and I said this on our show yeah, uh, last week. The elimination race at Martinsville is the best thing that NASCAR has done to the schedule maybe ever, you know, and it, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter if we didn't have the, the format that we have now, when you've got eight guys battling for four spots and the four drivers that make it are going to win a championship. I mean, we, we were there and, you know, with 150 laps to go, you thought, this person was going to win with a hundred to go. You thought this person was going to win. I mean, that race had more twists and turns than I think any race, maybe this entire season did. Um, and I think that the only thing that would make that race better, which it would be chilly, but is if they ran it at night, but I, I think that elimination race at Martinsville to determine the final four was my highlight of the year. That was a fun event with you guys. Uh, Go ahead, Andrew. I have a couple of highlights. Michael McDowell's win, uh, I think, was a fun way to start the season. And, and you always like the underdogs. I, but I, I think the thing that I don't know if it was really the highlight, uh, highlights per se, but it was something that I was very disappointed that it, I really want to see real racing at Austin. You know, it was such a debacle there in the rain. And um, it's amazing we didn't get somebody seriously injured. But um, I think people prejudge that track because of the weather and I think you can race in the rain. I think NASCAR learned a lot from it. So maybe from that perspective, it's, it's an okay thing, but that was something I was really looking forward to, to watching, to see there's a lot of good passing zones, things like that. And we just didn't get it. So uh, I think it was, that's more of a disappointment for me, but that was one part of the season. that was sort of a ah, missed opportunity. Uh, my, uh, my favorite moment of the season was at Darlington and the end of the race uh, when Kyle Larson was trying to win it and he. He sent it into turn three and rode that thing around the wall and right up to Denny Hamlin's bumper. Could have taken him out. Didn't finish second, but that that was just a cool thing. We were there for it. And just to see that person and him to come down pit road with the side of that car just like it had gone just through a, a, a cheese grater or something and just brought in smoking. I mean, tire thing torn up. That was just fun. That was an amazing thing to see in person. And I'm glad we were able to see that in person. And 1A was, I'm glad that he was able to finish it off in Phoenix and win the title, uh, that being Kyle Larson. So he deserved it. I'm glad it went the way it did. But, yeah, so both of my moments involved uh, Kyle Larson. But there are a lot of good moments. I enjoyed the season tremendously. And I agree with the other, the other two. I'd love to see race out in Texas without rain. And I think uh, we all had a blast in Martinsville, and that was a that was a good time. It, it was a good time, and both all, all three good answers right there, gentlemen. Really do appreciate that. Now the now I think this is the coup de coup de gras question right here. <laughs> Whatever that means. Wait, the, we didn't get what, Preston. Okay, what well, we Preston. want to hear y'all. We want your opinions on that. All right, Preston. What was what your highlight? Your I probably Michael McDowell's win, honestly. That's about it. I care really less about well, the rest of the it. season. You I did it. call it. I did call it. That, that was, was awesome. a pretty exciting yeah, time. Did. But I mean, I guess 
I guess I probably could say the first few weeks of the season because it was nice to see kind of under like Christopher Bell getting the win at the road course too. That was pretty right. cool to see. So I'd probably say the start of the season, just in general, for the first few races were really good. And I think I think my highlight was Martinsville. I never been to Martinsville. Went with the guys from Blind Spotting and their family and friends. It was a great time, good group, and got to check off a bucket list item right there for NASCAR. That that would have been mine. As we say on our program and, and for your listeners, if you've never been to Martinsville, I, I would put it above Bristol. There's nothing like the yes. Bristol night race with the spectacle, but in yeah. terms of quality racing, every time you go, spring or fall, you cannot beat Martinsville on the schedule. Martinsville was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. All right, now the coup de gras question. Once again, I have no idea what that means. The big one. It's the big one. So <laughs> I think those are those snails they eat in France. Yes. Oh, wait, that's escargot. Yes. That's escargot. <laughs> But, okay, so gentlemen, 50 episodes, what a milestone. Congratulations on that. Out of those 50 episodes, in your individual opinions, what was the most fun you had doing an episode as far as interview or just talking racing? The, the best episode you could pull out of those 50? Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got four on of on my in my mind. I'll, I'll let Michael and Andrew go first, and then I'll take what's left. You want to go, Mike? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough question, man. There are a lot of lot of good moments. I'd have to say probably the the most fun we had uh, was probably with Jerry Nadeau, uh in in studio. I mean, just uh, just being around him, his energy, uh, the stories that he had, the passion that he he still has for for racing. And you know, to see and hear the story of what he's gone through and his, his thoughts on that, his, his inside uh, opinions on uh, just his frankness, his honesty. He's, you know, he's not trying to keep a sponsor. He's not tr- it just his, his unfiltered version of his story. And uh, that was great. I really also enjoyed Gosh, there were, there were so many moments. And some of the best moments were with people that we knew that a lot of people don't know. Ricky Russell uh, was a great time that we had. Sean Woods, gas man, crew member for Harry Gant back in the day, still works in the sport. Uh, just guys that, that we know that uh, you don't see, you know, their names on, on every Sunday. But yeah, a, lot of, a lot of moments, but I have to say Nadeau was up there. And then just having Matty Dion was very special for us. Uh, that was probably that was our most listened to episode, over 500 listens worldwide. Uh, that was just a great moment for us uh, personally and professionally. So I know that's more than one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. 
and my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. But there's just, it's hard to pick just one. It really is hard to pick just one, but that's what makes the question so much fun. But yeah, yeah, all, all those episodes were really good, by the way, gentlemen. I think for and me, the ones, go ahead, Michael. I was going to say, the one, we had, the one we had with you on, Matt, a little bit ago was great. That's, that's, that's got a ton of listen. Uh, the yeah. one we did after um, that you came on, and uh, it was right after Chase and um, Harvick. Was it right after the Roval or before the Roval? It was, I think it was after the Roval. I think it was after uh, the Roval. We had Scott Cooper on the week before, and uh, it was after Chase that told Harvick to have a merry, merry New Year and a happy Christmas or something. And uh, that that was a lot of fun. We I remember Travis and I and you had a good time. That was a good episode as well. I think for me, th- there were two kind of pinch me moments that but we were very fortunate to have. One is was Dr. Jerry Punch growing up, a child of the '80s, listening to him on ESPN, and and that voice just for me being synonymous with the broadcasting NASCAR was was kind of neat. But I think the one that that really really stuck out was walking into Bobby Allison's house. And sitting at his dining room table and talking to him for what, 75 minutes, and really only getting the story of 1956 to 1957. <laughs> but but yeah. um, it was surreal to be in, you know, a man's home that, you know, was one of the drivers I used to pull for when I first started watching NASCAR in, you know, 82, 83, 84, and I was a little, little kid. I think those two, but there's so many, as Michael said, you know, and the first few times we were on your show, you know, Matt and Preston, uh, you guys kind of showed us the ropes a little bit and how to, how to do things, how to frame questions, how to, you know, kind of get our feet under us. And, and, um, you know, it's been an interesting year, but I, but I think though, for me, those would be the two guests. What about you, Travis? One thing I was going to say, uh, you mentioned Bobby Allison, you know, when we went to his house, we were told ahead of time, you know, don't talk about the fight. Don't talk about the fight. And so, you know, our plan going in was not to talk about the fight. Well, he brought it up, you know, and so we were able to get that that side of, of the story from him. You know, the ones that you guys have mentioned were great. And the, the only one that I would add to it is if you had told me at the, at the beginning of the year that we would be able to sit and have an hour and a half conversation with Larry McReynolds, I would have told you you were crazy. Now, Larry and I have been friends for over a decade, close to two decades. But just the stories that he was able to tell us, and he was just real and he was honest. And and that's the thing, like, you know, these guys don't know us from Adam for the most part. But once they realize how passionate we are about the sport and how much we know about the sport, they'll, they open up more, you know, and that's that's something that I've really learned in this past year is to go in and be prepared, you know, have, have a list of questions, but let them guide the ship and then, you know, ask questions based off of what they want to talk about. Yeah. And, and it definitely shows that you guys do your homework, all, all the interviews, whether it be Larry McReynolds, Matt, the Benedetto, Jerry Nadu, which by the way, thank you for hooking us up with Jerry. Uh, that was a fun talking to him as well. 
just so much passion with it and and that's why i love listening to you guys and collaborating with you guys it's 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 a lot of fun and you guys do a great job with it but i feel like we've held you guys up long enough but thank you for being on to share a little bit of your side and where you guys came from and definitely looking forward to the 2022 season hopefully maybe catch a race or two with you guys in person but if not we always got zoom in the podcast and uh if you're ever in somerville like say i don't know wednesday you could help us move in (laughs) (laughs) i I just throwing it out there but i want to come visit you sometime for sure you've been up here and uh we need to come down there and spend some time in your neck of the woods. Yeah, anytime, sure, right? anytime any of any of you are down here, you've got a you got a home with us and a place to stay, place to rest your head, and at least Somerville, right? Charleston's okay, I guess. But we'll go catch a baseball <laughs> game or a hockey game and stuff like that. But gentlemen, thanks for taking the time to be on the show, to share a little bit about your podcast and your story, where you came from, your your highlights and your fifty episodes. And uh, we look forward to 2022 for more great content well, for you guys. You're welcome. Did you want to ask for Andrew's input on the F1? Uh, well, since, we, since we're here, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that more so with me and Preston. But, Andrew, you being the somewhat formidable, I like to hear Nigel's impression about it, by the way, too, if you don't mind. I don't, but, think, I don't think Travis wants to hear that. Oh, okay. No, I don't care. This is not my show. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Andrew, oh, my gosh. Andrew, what do you think about the – the, um, Formula One race. It was an up and down race for the most part, I guess, but it was an interesting finish. Yeah, and I think it was an interesting start too, right? You know, I watched just like you know Brundle did on on the broadcast. You know, we got here from Sky Sports, and you know, just to disclose for your audience, you know, I've, I've been a Lewis Hamilton fan for a long time. Did I think Max forced him off? Probably. Do I think Lewis kept an advantage that he shouldn't have? Probably. Most definitely. Do I think the stewards yeah. made the right call. Okay. Probably. And at the end of the day, it, I, I don't know that it decided the championship. Not, not the lap one incident. No. Stewart's no, made no, the no. wrong but call it, on that but one. You know, theoretically, it could have. You know, but, it could but, have. Um, you know, Red Bull, Red Bull seemed to have made a strategic, a strategic area, or Max himself, actually, right? Flat spotting the tire in qualifying and having to go on the softs. They had to pit early, and Lewis had gotten such a big lead. he could You could wait a lap and come in and not lose the lead. And, now, there was a lot of controversy about, you know, Latifi puts it in the fence with four to go, and Mercedes filed a protest, which I thought was in poor sport. I mean, I think maybe you have to do that, but I think Verstappen went in and he took it. And I think he is, I, I think he's probably now the, the best driver in Formula One. I think he had the best season. Uh, Lewis came on strong at the end. I, you know, and, and while I'm a Hamilton fan and he doesn't need any more titles, I just, you know, seven seems to be that, that threshold in motorsports. We saw it with Petty and Earnhardt and Johnson. We see it with Scott Dixon and IndyCar, who's stuck on six. You know, we, Schumacher was seven. I just thought it would be neat to sort of see somebody get to eight. And I, I don't think that Lewis is probably going to win another title. Uh, I think this is his last shot. And, and the reason is not only Max Verstappen, who's just going to get stronger, and, but also, Lewis going to have George Russell, not Valtteri Bottas, next year as a teammate. And Russell has been riding around that Williams for two years in the back with probably the best talent on the grid. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. And, and the last thing I'll say about it is it, it didn't end up mattering at the end because of the safety car. But Chico Perez, what a teammate that guy was, holding off Hamilton for two laps to let Verstappen go from a seven-second deficit to less than a second. Which that, it didn't that really guy, matter. That guy was really, really 
kudos to them. So, you know, I think it was well-earned. Is there some controversy? Sure. Was I disappointed? Yeah. But I don't think it was unfair. And I, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think anything untoward happened. And, and I think uh, congratulations to Max. And I, and I will say one thing I respect about Lewis Hamilton, people who don't like him probably disagree, but I thought he was very, very, you know, the first thing out of his mouth, with mouth was I'd like to congratulate Max. And, yep. you know, he didn't have to say that. And, and I think that was, you know, a good sporting of him. And, yeah, um, you could tell it affected yeah. him when he was sitting in the car for a while, kind of like, oh, my gosh, I lost it. Oh, yeah. I have a and, lot of controversy for this episode. And, um, <laughs> you know, but I, I thought it was an overround good race. It did, and I know uh, Mike didn't catch it, but uh, did Travis catch it? Travis, you catch it? I did not, but I wanted to ask you, Matt, if you want to chime in, and Preston, and I know Andrew will chime in on this. There's a lot of rules in F1 that I do not like, one of which is that they can work on their cars under red flag conditions. Right. Is there a rule in NASCAR that you would like to see F1 adopt, and then vice versa, is there a rule in F1 that you would like to see adopted in NASCAR? I, I would say no, because they're, they're too... It's like comparing apples and oranges, I yeah, feel. They're it's, two different entities. It's two different entities, and I think the uniqueness of Formula One being able to change the tires, their tires during the red flag and work on their car is is F1 specific, and not being able to do that in NASCAR is NASCAR specific. And I'd hate to say NASCAR should adopt this rule from Formula One or Formula One should adopt this rule from NASCAR because then it just kind of... Feel like it's not Formula One or it's not NASCAR. I think I would like. I think it would be okay to see like maybe NASCAR be able to work on on a car under a red flag or something. I mean, they got rid of that whole that you have that whole caution clock thing oh, trying day. to repair a car on pit road. I mean, that's kind of lame these days. I would be okay with if NASCAR were to adopt being able to work on a car under red flag. I don't see why why that would be such a big deal. I, I would say more so than that opens the door to cheating. You, you can plant stuff in there. You can take stuff out. You know, there's a lot of gray area, I feel. But, it, you know, with Na- Formula One, everybody's on the grid and somebody's watching other teams. I'm sure NASCAR has that, too. Oh, but, yeah. you know, I, I feel like it's just unique to Formula One and NASCAR, its own rules. And I like their rules. Just it, based it, it creates a lot of drama, to be honest. It does. And I didn't even know about that until last year when the red flag happened in Italy. It's like, I didn't know you could change and do stuff on the red flag. I don't know that I would actually make any changes. I don't like the red flag rule either, but everybody it's it's like Stuart used to say, we all knew the rules and we signed up for this sport. So you know what they are going in. I, I think the only thing I would have said a few years ago would have been the knockout qualifying, but NASCAR tried that and then it fell apart because it doesn't work on oval tracks very well. You know, they still do group qualifying on a road course to try and make it more interesting or they used to than 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 single car qualifying, but they're just so different. And I think one thing that NASCAR could consider is not giving everybody points. That's interesting. Mm. That'd be interesting. I, I don't think I don't think you should get points if you finish outside the top twenty-five. I don't know no, because I, I feel like NASCAR. I feel like Formula One should yeah, get Formula points One all the way down to twenty. All the way down the board. It's just it's it, I'm it, the opposite there, there, are, there are two great areas with two different sports. Let's be real. I just I, I yeah, yeah I don't know I, about I, that. You know because you're like you look at Rick Ware, right? So 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 the the the, the kind of question is NASCAR wants full fields of forty cars, but if cars thirty-six to forty or lap down 10 laps in, is that worth even having? Do you know what I mean? I do like the 109% rule that Formula One has. I'd love to see something similar. I know NASCAR does have a minimum speed, but I think it's much higher than 109%. Of course, we didn't have qualifying most of last year, so that doesn't really matter. But 
as we go into qualifying this year, it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, that would be something that would be interesting to see if they would implement. Because I don't know that you'd want that in the Xfinity or Truck Series, but if we're going to say that the best stock car drivers in the world driving the Cup Series, they shouldn't be 10% slower than the leader. Well, then that, that would have to come down to just money in general because some teams don't have the money to have or, you know, to do the research to make sure that they can keep up to speed like that. I mean, it's just like a Formula One. I mean, Mercedes qualifies and they clear out qualifying. People who qualify 15th through 20th are about three seconds off the pace of oh, Mercedes, yeah. which is – it just but, all comes down yeah. to money. It all, it's all it is. They have better research and everything like that and better – They know. do. I think, I think you know, you, you make a valid point, Preston, and I don't want to see it like IndyCar where there's less than 20 cars in the field, right? So you don't want to get to that point right? either. But but I, I don't know if – but, again, I don't feel strongly about any of these ideas. It was a good question, Trey. Yeah, good, yeah, good yeah, question. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think that will kind of wrap it up here. I, I know um, I kind of, we kind of went over time, but that's okay, I feel like. Gentlemen, again, thank you. You guys do a great job. Make sure to go listen to Blind Spotting Podcast on all major podcast platforms. We'll definitely have these guys back on in 2022. Maybe catch a race or two. Again, I think that would be yeah. on the logisticals, planning with the baby and stuff. We'll try to make that happen. But, gentlemen, uh, thank you again for taking the time to do this on a late Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Have a good week. And if I don't talk to you between now and the end of the, and the start of next season, have a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Same to y'all. Thanks, Preston. Yep, same to y'all. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. We enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good night. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate of. So if you head over to ramblinaboutracing.com under our Sponsors tab, there at the bottom, you'll see a link to Fanatics. It'll take you right to the NASCAR page where you can get all your latest and greatest driver gear, such as T-shirts, hoodies, diecasts, and much more. But it doesn't just stop. have to stop there. If you like Alabama Crimson Tide football, buy Alabama Crimson Tide football from there. If you like Washington Capitals, Washington Capitals has all their stores there as well. So head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the Sponsor tab. Link is there at the bottom for Fanatics. All purchases will help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you better content and more content for the future. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. All right, second to last episode of the season and uh, last episode here at the current ITM Media Studios. That was Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, rather late burning the midnight oil here, but it was always good talking to Mike, Andrew, and Travis. Uh, really a bunch of good guys if you get a chance. Follow them on all social media platforms as well as following them on your podcast, major podcast platforms, and uh, give them a listen. They have a lot of good interviews, a lot of good connections. Uh, really good guys, man. Really yeah, good guys. Yeah, really guys. And I uh, can't wait to collaborate with them more in the 2022 season. Really not much to talk about here. We still have yet to give, I think it's Maples, yeah, his $100 Amazon gift card and the Rambling About Racing t-shirt. We will get that to him as soon as possible. So we got a driver of the week, and that's about it. We're wrapping up this until we get into our Christmas episode next week. And I think we got a very, I think if, you're, if you've been following this, ep, this, this podcast for a long time, you kind of probably know who the driver of the week is. But who's our driver of the week this week, Preston? Our driver of the week is a driver that made his final start in Formula One, and it ended 
with the oh, Deanna. way too early, which was unfortunate. But you know, at the same time, he's kind of a guy that probably just doesn't really care. Yeah, he probably just said, "Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I want to yeah. go home." Yeah, he it looked like he was just like, "Yeah, it's yeah, whatever." When they when he got back to the, yeah. the pit, he was just like, "Yeah, it's whatever," you know. So yeah, if you have caught on, Kimi Raikkonen Kimi is our Raikkonen. driver of the week. Born on October 17th of 1979, nicknamed the Iceman, which I am actually wearing his hat mm-hmm. here here as we do this show because I wanted to pay homage to him. Former uh, Finnish former racing driver who competed in Formula 1 from 2001 until just recently here at the end of the season, 2021, driving for Sauber, McLaren, Ferrari, Lotus F1, and Alfa Romeo was his, his last stop, which Alfa Romeo was formerly Sauber, Sabre. I don't know how some people pronounce it. What, what is this? Uh, the office? Sabre. Sabre. I've heard Sabre before. I've heard Sauber. I think it's more Sauber. Yeah. So, yeah, it was only fitting that he came back to the team where he was. He did race before his first team, if I'm not mistaken. 2007 F1 champion for uh, Ferrari. It was Ferrari. 103 podium finishes, which he is one of only five drivers to have taken over 100 podiums, which is interesting. He did race, he did dabble in some World Rally Championship in 2010 and 2011, so just an all-around kind of a also racing he, guy. Also, he raced in, raced in the truck series. Trucks are expanding these series. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he did make a, a couple of starts, if I'm not mistaken here. I'll, uh, let's see. So he had 353 entries, 349 starts in F1, 21 wins total, 1,873 career points, 18 pole positions, 46 fast fastest laps, excuse me. Yeah, so yeah, World Challenge, it doesn't have any kind of Xfinity Series stats on here. It just gives F1 and World Rally Championship. Kimi Raikkonen, the Iceman, is our driver of the week. Yeah. It's only fitting. I mean, it's such an interesting Yeah, he was so character. dry. He was so dry. He's yeah, like, he never smiled. He was just always just like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I think they, I think the running joke was he never had any adrenaline. He yeah, just he always was, seemed just cool. I mean, he did have some funny radio messages yeah, over yeah. the years, like, "Where's my drink? Give me the wheel. Tell him to give me the wheel. Yeah, give me the I, wheel." I remember that one. I remember that one. Yeah, <laughs> I need the wheel. Jimmy Rockin is going to be missed, and uh, he will be missed. But uh, yeah, we we have uh, one more show before the final season of uh, season three of Rambling About Racing, and then it's off and we're off until the start of speed weeks and uh birth of my daughter and it's going to be a interesting season four hopefully have some good lineups and interviews for you guys but Preston, anything else before we wrap it up here nope i don't think anything else i just man i just i i still can't i'm gonna go home tonight and probably the rest of the week and just watch it over and over again and probably just watch because i'm subscribed to f1 tv for 10 bucks a month and you can watch archives from different years all throughout the years but i'm probably just gonna go back and watch the season again i mean what a season only, i cannot wait for netflix the only thing i'm gonna really watch over and over is no thinking no no mike that was so not right oh i love it i love it <laughs> i cannot wait until drive to survive i'm telling you yeah, that's gonna it, be the most anticipated drop date for that new for the next really season is. Oh, it really is man. i can't wait for it either but well preston before we go i, I just want to say one quick thing before we go we, there was a uh, a major tornado outbreak in Kentucky, and I, I believe parts of Illinois. Uh, yeah, it was uh, 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 Arkansas. Ar- I think Tennessee. Tennessee. Maybe too. A lot of places got hit by these tornadoes. And before we leave, I wanted to say this: from now till Christmas, if whatever purchase is made on Ramblin' on our stores at Teespring or Bonfire. 
Proceeds will go help the victims of that from now until December. So make sure to go check those stores out. One can be found at ramblingaboutracing.com. Both links can be found in the podcast description below. And make sure to follow us on social media to follow that. But anything, any purchases made on either Teespring or Bonfire will go help those victims. Any little bit helps, especially now during the holiday season. So go out there, make a contribution to the show, get a Rambling About Racing t-shirt, and that money will might go out, help out a family, especially now in the holiday season. It can't be easy. Those guys got rocked. Yeah. So make sure to go do that. But uh, just wanted to throw that out there before we wrap up the show but anything else before we wrap it up nope nothing else well then we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up here thank you again so much for tuning in to us this week here at rambling about racing make sure to follow rambling about racing on all social media platforms facebook twitter instagram and youtube all of those can be found at ramblingaboutracing.com again from now to the till christmas december 25th make any purchases at ramblingaboutracing.com stores at teespring and bonfire and you will and all proceeds will help out the victims of those tornadoes there in Kentucky and our neighbors towards the west of us. I'd like to give a special shout-out to our sponsors, Stand Up to Cancer and Fanatics, for all they do for the show as well as the Unhinged Sports Network. And again, a special shout-out to Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast, Travis, Andrew, and Mike. Really good podcast. Go check those guys out. For Preston Lude, P underscore Luda on Twitter, I'm Matt Beamer, mbeamer22 on Twitter. Chuck H384 should be done and wrapped up with his school this week. Hopefully on next week for a holiday episode. Chuck8384 on Twitter. Stay safe and have a good rest of the week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. (laughs) Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.